Hey there, I'm Ashley, and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I am an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work-family-social-life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so much more. We think that living a healthy lifestyle is for every member in the family, from young children to adults. Everyone in the household will benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. If you're ready to learn some helpful tips for the whole family, let's do this thing. Hello, podcast people. I am flying solo tonight because I just had a professional development day yesterday uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We always do this uh, large school group day where we get to attend a whole bunch of different sessions. And this year I thought it would be fun if I could present on self-care for teachers. So I just wanted to kind of go through the presentation that I went through in my session. Uh, I got some good feedback on it from some teachers. So I really hope that if you are a teacher listening, uh, you also get some good uh, um, tips from this, how to incorporate self-care into your day as a teacher. Um, I'm going to tell you why I've become so passionate about this over the years, where it all started. So I'll just go ahead and dig right in. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I am a shop teacher. This will be the fifth year that uh, I have been teaching at the district or at the high school that I'm at now. Uh, I only did one year previous to this as a shop teacher, but I've been in education for a lot longer than that, since 2010, uh, doing different things from being an aide in Alaska to uh, a high school librarian and also an elementary computer teacher. So I've been kind of all over the place, worked with all different age groups. And really, I guess when I think back to it, my self-care journey really started in Alaska. And I started with this picture of me now versus me when I was student teaching before Alaska. And the difference is just amazing to me. Like, I think I look younger now than I do than I did in college. And that really says a lot about how we are just brought up in a society to like, just oh yeah, freshman 15, which is actually probably going to turn into like freshman 30. And, you know, don't worry, like there's not going to be any, you know, mental and physical supports there for you. You pretty much just got to kind of make it through college on your own. We're sending you out into the world by yourself, throwing you to the wolves. And then you're just there. And like, I just remember my college experience being such highs and such lows because I had no way of dealing with the lows. And I really wish it was different. I wish, and you know, maybe that was just the place that I went, but uh, yeah, I wish it was different so that we could teach our college age students uh, or all students <laughs> so much better ways to deal with all these super low lows. Um, so it didn't end up being like that. But really, my self-care journey kind of started very little in Alaska. But I started my teaching career up there in 2010. We lived in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I think we, we talked about this in episode zero, Roberta and I. Um, but just a little just a little recap. Um, it was a village of 700 people, a whole 700. Uh, we, it was a fly in fly out village. We only went home for Christmas break and the summertime and we lived there for two years. For me, that was most definitely enough. Um, I'll get to that in a second, but 
the darkness didn't bother us. It's usually the first question we get. Did the darkness bother you? Well, I mean, I live in Minnesota where I go to work in the dark and I come home in the dark. So it really wasn't much different up there. The weather didn't bother us. It was very similar to Minnesota as well. Being so far away from home or in such a desolate area really didn't bother us either. Uh, what did bother us was actually the light. So you forget, like we'd be out on the beach having fires and you forget that it's two in the morning and you have to get up in four hours. And it was like that for pretty much everybody in the village. So we had kids coming to school, sleeping all the time, super tired. Um, looking back now, lack of nutritional resources really did bother me. Uh, I have a picture here of me holding up the salmon. We were lucky enough to be able to net salmon in this village that we were in. And I look at this picture and I am so like, it's just mind blowing to me how much heavier I was back then. But, and that was definitely a lack of nutritional resources. I mean, we obviously had food to eat. We figured it out, um, but I definitely didn't eat the best. And that for sure affected my energy as well. Also looking back, the fact that I didn't get movement in like I should have every day. Uh, I really didn't have any kind of a workout routine or movement routine at all. I was emotionally and verbally abused by my administrator. This was a big one. Um, he used shame and blame a lot. And in my opinion, had a very bipolar personality. Uh, and he used that to get what he wanted. Uh, this started turning me into a very depressed person. And again, looking back, I didn't have the self-care skills that I have now to be able to handle this type of situation. And so I told my husband, I just couldn't stay up there any longer or he wasn't going to recognize his wife anymore. Um, you know, I would not change anything. This was an amazing experience. Um, I think going through all these experiences have shown me how important it is to have a self-care routine to take care of the things that are important to me um, but you know and I also I stay in touch with all of my amazing friends that I met up there which spoiler alert we actually have recorded some amazing episodes for you guys after this um, so you'll get to hear there we're, we're interviewing my three best friends from up there. And so you get to hear their takes on Alaska and their teaching journey as well and how they incorporate self-care into their lives and their classrooms. So I'm excited for those interviews to come out, but um, nothing shocks me anymore in the lower 48. I pretty much mean nothing. I think we saw and heard it all up there. Um, we learned some really cool Native American traditions. Uh, we ate some really interesting food. Uh, I remember eating seaweed covered in uh, fish eggs one time. Tasted like seaweed covered in fishy bubble wrap. It was it was not good. <laughs> um, I ate marinated whale, which was actually really good. It was like sushi and uh, stink flipper, they called it. So they would take the flipper of a seal and bury it in the dirt for the winter months and eat it. And that was also not good. <laughs> so yeah, we, ha we had a lot of, of fun, amazing experiences up there. I would not trade any of it. Um, we got to fly in seven passenger airplanes, uh, pitch pick beach glass from the village next door to us. I remember riding on my four wheeler and picking, um, right. I was right. I was riding literally right next to a baby reindeer because it got separated from the herd one day. I mean, that was so cool. Of course I felt really bad that he got separated from the herd, but that was such a cool experience. So if you are looking for an experience, Alaska is definitely the place for you. I also really liked that life was at a much slower pace up there. So after those two years, we came, we moved to Gary, Minnesota, and I taught in Fertile. Um, yes, that is F-E-R-T-I-L-E, <laughs> Fertile, Minnesota. Uh, so I taught there for one year, 
as the shop teacher, but it was very overwhelming because I basically took over for three shop teachers combined. I had three shop rooms. I had a classroom and uh, it was in a, it was six different preps, I think. So I was running around like a crazy person all day long. Um, it was my very first year of teaching. So I was working like 12 hour days. I basically went home to eat and sleep. Um, I was so overwhelmed that I was literally crying like every second of the day that I wasn't in front of kids. And I would cry on the way into school. I would cry during my prep. I would cry on the way home from school. And like now I'm not a crier. Um, <laughs> and even before that really, but I was just so overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to quit so bad. Um, the, really the only thing that kept me going were my students and the staff there. Because again, I was emotionally abused by admin. She actually told me that the emotional state that I was in was normal. So I just want to, I just want to reiterate that if you are crying every second of the day that you are not in front of students, that is not normal. Even if, if, if anybody tells you that that's normal, they are wrong. That is not normal. That is a very clear sign that you are being overworked. Um, you are, you don't, you are not taking care of yourself. I was not taking care of myself. As I said, I was working 12 plus hours a day and only going home to eat and sleep. Okay. So I understand that first year teachers, I mean, they put in a lot of extra work first few years. Right. But being in that kind of emotional state is not normal. So if you are listening to this right now and you are a first year teacher, I want you to know that you are not alone. You probably are working harder than some of your other teachers at school. And that is normal, but being so far down in a hole like that is not. And so, you know, please reach out if you need any tips or anything. Um, go listen to past episodes on things that you can do, but also this episode, I want to give you some easy, quick things that you can do at school during your prep, maybe even in between passing time to help pull you out of any craziness that's going on for the day. So I actually started before that school year, I started taking my, uh, my health a little bit more seriously. Thank goodness. Uh, really the only thing that I did for myself during that year, I started Weight Watchers and I stayed committed to it because I knew that I had to do something for myself. So that was like the start of it. Um, I did do a couple things in Alaska. Like I said before, that's kind of where it started um, in Alaska I started reading more because there's really not a whole lot to do up there. I started getting back to God. I was not, I was not a great Christian in high school and college. We started doing Bible studies together. Um, and then I also started, I did do an occasional run with my running enthusiast friend who we actually interview. So, um, but I am not a runner. <laughs> I know people's, I, I, I've heard people, <laughs> when I say that, they go, well, do you have two legs? I'm like, yes. Well, then you can, you, you're a runner. I'm like, mm, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I really don't like it. Can I run? Yes, I can run, but I don't like it. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was all very minimal stuff that I was doing in Alaska. And again, even in the, the, the year after this, infertile when I started Weight Watchers, that was also very minimal. I ended up losing 55 pounds, but I still say that that is very minimal because that was literally the only thing I was doing for myself. I was only taking care of my nutrition. I did work out a little bit, get some movement in, um, but I was not taking care of my head. And that's what I'm really going to talk about in this episode is how we take care of our head 
and our mind and our brain when we are going through all this crazy stuff. All right. In between then and now, I bartended a waitress for a couple of years, so I was definitely getting my steps in there. Not eating the best at the bar because they had delicious food, um, but at least I was working it off, running around everywhere. I taught elementary computer, high school librarian, like I said, and I also had two kiddos. Uh, one is five and one is seven now. So, you know, my weight fluctuated a lot since that initial 55 pounds that I lost. And I hear that a lot from new moms. It's so much harder to lose weight after you have kids. Um, I know the struggle too. It was, it was harder, but, um, self-care wise, I did a year long habit builder program with our best friend as our coach, which taught me a ton about implementing habits slowly. It was a, it was called precision nutrition. And then we just checked in with him every week. And so this precision nutrition course actually had like a, an, an audio thing that you could listen to every single day and you implemented new habits every two weeks. So you had, you worked on them every day with this audio, but it was a little like adding little bits here and there throughout those two weeks with that one habit. So that was super, super helpful. Uh, I started up a teacher movement day at the community center where I work. That was really fun. It was great camaraderie for teachers. And, um, you know, then it kind of started falling off a little bit and then COVID hit. So that hasn't really started back up since then. I also started coaching with Beachbody, which has been the best thing for my health and wellness ever. Um, I, Weight Watchers was great, uh, but it didn't really incorporate a whole ton of movement into it. Yes, they say, you know, get your steps in and movement and all that stuff, but exercising for me, like that half hour in the morning has really helped improve my mood. Um, and then also, of course, I started this podcast with Roberta, uh, and we've really, we've kind of moved from just talking about healthy family and, uh, moms to also now incorporating teachers into that. So why have I become so passionate for self-care over the last couple of years? <laughs> well, enter COVID. <laughs> Uh, I am, because I'm a shop teacher, I am used to being up with my kids, moving around, uh, making projects with them all day long, right? And then all of a sudden, boom, we're stuck in front of a computer screen for eight hours of the day. I wasn't moving around with the students any longer. I was sitting in a chair. Um, I very quickly gained five pounds in one month. And, you know, I was snacking. Um, and then the next month, five more pounds. Um, my coach had reached out to me. I was like kind of apprehensive. And then another five pounds. And I was like, okay, something has to happen or I am quickly going back to my old ways. So, you know, sitting and snacking all day long equals not great things for your body staring at a computer screen all day long and trying to quote unquote make projects online, not great things for your mind. So I knew I had to do something. I also hear so often as a teacher, um, we hear this from other teachers. We hear this from admin. We hear this from parents. It's all about the kids. Everything that we do is all about the kids. Of course, this is why we became teachers, right? We are very passionate for what we do. We're passionate for learning. We're passionate for uh, helping kids and being there for them. But, and uh, is this important? Of course, of course it is. But, you know, just like the airplane analogy, if we are not putting our own gas masks on, first. If we are not taking care of ourselves first, we are going to burn out. And I have seen this over and over and over since COVID started. I joined this teacher group on Facebook when COVID hit. It was like distance learning ideas is what it 
it started as. And then very quickly, it turned into all these stories of these teachers and how they were just so burnt out and they didn't know how they could go on any longer with the way that they were going. And so what happens when all of these teachers are this burnt out and there's no one left to take care of the kids? There won't be anybody left pretty soon. We have teachers leaving this profession in droves right now. We were looking at a district down in the cities and they are short 250 positions right now because of teachers who have left at the end of the year last year and they either they weren't able to fulfill those positions this year or I have also heard, which I have never heard of in the past, there, I did hear about it in Alaska because there were people who um, came up to Alaska and they just could not quite cut it up there and mentally they just had to get out and so they left on their contract. Um, I have never heard of down here somebody getting out of their contract before the year is over and I'm hearing about it now. This is telling us how bad it is in the teaching world. And this is why I have become so passionate for self-care over the last couple of years. This is something I also hear from mothers. I just don't have time to take care of myself. I, there's just no time in the day. I need to do this for my kids. I need to do that. And I am telling you, if you think that you don't have time for you, it means that you have too much on your plate. And of course, we all go through seasons, right? Like I just talked about first year teachers. Of course, they're going to be a little bit busier. And then as you get into your teaching career, it starts getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. But if you are constantly finding yourself in that, I don't have time for me all the time. If that is your norm, that is not a norm. That is not normal. You need to make the time for you before you burn out, before you lose all the patience, before you have lost yourself. This is when I started Beachbody. And what I love about it is it incorporates all self-care habits into one package. You get all 70 workout programs, 70 plus, because they're constantly coming out with new ones. You can choose from any of the nutritionals they have. Um, I love their shakes. Um, my energy and focus and the amount of cravings have decreased so much when I'm on them. It is ridiculous. Um, they've got two nutrition programs to choose from. You get into an accountability group with your own one-on-one -on -one supporting coach. And then what I also really love is they push personal development just as hard as they push fitness and nutrition. So, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you obviously know what personal development is. It can come in the form of books, of podcasts, of online courses, but you know, like as teachers, we've all heard of professional development, right? Obviously, we all have to do PD. And this is a different kind of PD. It's personal development. It is outside of your profession. And it is picking and choosing the things that you know that you need to work on so that you can become the best version of yourself. Um, I was just talking to Roberta about this, about how I have been super momster, right? We've all heard that term. And I just get in these like funks and I just, I yell more. I am more impatient. I, you know, so I know when that starts happening, I need to start listening to podcasts or reading a book about parenting because it means that I have, I've just, I've kind of, I've lost it. <laughs> And I don't know where it went, but 
as soon as I start, I started listening to some parenting podcasts and immediately I'm like, oh yeah, duh. Why? I, I know this stuff. Like, why does it leave my brain? I just don't know. And so this is why profession or uh, personal development is so stinking important. Um, some really great books that I have read in the last couple of years, the five love languages for children. I think I read the regular one as well. Um, the slay like a mother was really good. Um, if you have a lot of like self-doubt as a mom, um, I wouldn't say that I have a lot of self-doubt. I just, I, I liked, it was a good book. Um, the compound effect and, um, that is really good for like, um, kind of stacking habits and stuff like that. Um, the miracle morning, which we have based most of this podcast on, uh, the gifts of imperfection and daring greatly by Brene Brown, Roberta and another friend of ours are actually doing a book club with daring greatly right now. So that's really fun. And I really loved the redefine, redefine wealth for yourself from Patrice Washington. Uh, she talks about like six pillars of wealth. So, um, and actually wealth is the very last one she talks about because there are five others that are more important because if you don't have those others, then you're never going to achieve wealth. So, uh, some podcasts that I love. Uh, the Fierce Marriage Podcast, The Fierce Parenting. That's actually one that I started listening to when I started finding myself in my parenting funk. Um, the Path to Mindset Mastery by Brad Bizjack. Oh, and then The Fierce Parenting and Fierce, Fierce Marriage is by Ryan and Selena Frederick. And uh, my husband and I are actually doing a marriage course through them right now too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the Do Your Crap podcast by Micah Folsom. She is probably one of my favorite humans. I love all her podcasts. I've been with her from the beginning when she started her podcast. Uh, Straight Up with Trent Shelton. He is a really good motivator, inspirational speaker. The Angie Lee Show. She is just hilarious. <laughs> Talks about some ADD stuff, nutrition. Um, Empower Her by... Keisha Fitzgerald, um, Mind Your Hormones has been a newer one that I started listening to. And that one is by Corinne Angelica. And she really um, has some great information if you feel like you are struggling with your hormones. Um, the Redefining Wealth podcast by Patrice Washington. So that goes with her book. Um, the Rachel Hollis podcast. She talks about a bunch of random stuff. And the Bible in a Year podcast has been my favorite lately. I started it last year and fell off quite a bit, but I have found my groove now. I need to listen to it literally the first thing when I wake up. <laughs> I have found that that is my, like, this is my prime time, that is when I can focus on it. Otherwise, when I am reading the Bible or listening to it, uh, my mind wanders 100%. I cannot focus on it at all. I don't know what it is. Um, I feel like a terrible Christian. <laughs> it's all right. It, I think everybody does it. Maybe not everybody, but a lot. It happens to a lot of people. So I think if you are trying to do the Bible in a year, you just need to find a groove that works for you, figure out a time. So I do that while I like literally first thing I do, I put in my earbuds and I push play while I'm like going to the bathroom and getting my coffee and drinking my water and all that stuff. So, all right. So let's take one quick step back and talk about what self-care is. Um, if you're listening to this, it's a good assumption you maybe already know, maybe not. Um, I know when I did my presentation yesterday, I think it was maybe, maybe like a third were kind of like, oh, what, I don't know what that is. Um, so the, the self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's, one's own health. 
This can be taking care of your mind and thoughts, taking care of your physical health and body, taking care of your spiritual health, in my mind is the most important, <laughs> taking care of your emotions, increasing your own well-being through self-care behaviors, going to be quite a bit of, of information here. And we have talked about this stuff on the podcast before, but like I said, I'm really going to aim at uh, keeping this directed at teachers and how you can use this during your teaching day. So because there's a lot of information here, I want you to remember that please don't in implement everything right away. Okay. That, that is how you crash and burn. This is how people start their new year's resolutions. They try to add in too much and then very quickly fall off. So we could talk about habits forever, uh, but of course we don't have time for that. So the biggest thing I want you to know, again, you need to start small and then also you need to stay consistent because that's how habits are formed. Uh, if you are not consistent, your habit is not going to stick. And if you really want to learn more about habits and how they work, uh, I suggest reading one of these books. So Atomic Habits has been one. I know Roberta just got done reading this one. I have not read it yet. I want to. And then also The Power of Habit. That was actually one of the first books that I read uh, by Charles Duhigg. And then The Atomic Habits is by James Clear. Uh, they both talk about like the habit loop, how to break the middle of it so that you uh, still have the same beginning and end, but you don't have that messy middle where you've got the bad habit in there, the bad action part. And we change that to a good action part. So very, very important, great books to understanding how this works. And I also want you to know that I, of course, don't know everything. And um, I for sure would love to hear any and all recommendations that you guys do. This would be so great to be able to show showcase you either on the podcast, um, if you DM us or in the, uh, on our Facebook and Instagram page. So, you know, again, I'm not a fitness trainer. Um, Roberta is not a fitness trainer. Neither of us are therapists or doctors or nutritionists. We are just passionate teachers. And uh, like, we have just become so passionate about this stuff over the years. So um, some of this is in my opinion, as I go through this, and some of this is a result of all the personal development that I've done in the past. So the first thing that we I want to start out with is really quickly talking about nighttime routines. And again, we have episodes on this number one through three. If you want to go back and listen to them more in detail, uh, we, we focus on each age group. And um, so that would be really helpful for sure. If you have kiddos at home too, that you would like to start implementing nighttime routines with. But in my opinion, your next good day starts with bookending the previous day with a nighttime routine. So I have a set of things that I go through each night and I'm not going to go through all of them. We've talked about them before, but a couple of things are, you know, I have my meals planned out for the week. So I like to look at uh, my dinner for the next night, make sure it's not in the freezer frozen. Cause if it's frozen, I'm not making it the next day. So I pull that out. Um, I also make sure my water is ready to go so I can sip on that right away when I wake up, make sure my coffee is ready so that I just have to pour it, uh, make sure my smoothie jar is cleaned out so that I just have to make it right. Like these are all super easy things that you can do the night before that take a lot less time when you do it at night. Whereas if you were to wait till the morning, it takes so much longer because you're groggy, you're tired. Maybe you just want the coffee and it's not ready. <laughs> and so everything moves that much slower. So if you don't have your next morning ready, you're running around like that crazy person. How does it make you feel the rest of the day? It makes you feel rushed, crazy, out of control, less productive. So I really want you to think about what are those things that you could get done the night before that are going to help your morning run smoother. Also, if you have kids at home, 
okay, I've, we've talked about this before too. What are some things that you can have them do the night before? I, this year, just made a morning and nighttime routine list and put it on our bathroom door for our kids. And Sadie loves it. She loved it from the beginning because she's kind of like super organized like that. Colton hated it at first and is just now half a year. Like, what are we? I mean, we started this as September and it's January, almost February. And he is finally just now getting into the habit of doing this. He's a little, you know, spacey ADD as well. So that doesn't help. But I just want to remind you of that so that you don't like make a chart. And if your kids aren't into it, I don't want you to get discouraged because it will come. It, you, it just takes time. And, you know, you put the effort in before and it, it really makes it that much easier down the road. So, of course, if we're talking about self-care, the first thing I want to talk about is sleep. Um, yes, sleeping is self-care. And if you are struggling to stay awake at work, you might have a sleeping problem. <laughs> there may be other things involved as well, but this could be one of them. So it is not normal to need to take a hour and a half long nap every day or be constantly feeding yourself caffeine throughout the day. Uh, that's not normal. I think back to when I first had Sadie right beforehand, my husband could literally fall asleep anywhere. And I was like, how we, we could be at the loudest stadium and he would be taking a nap. And I was like, how, how in the world are you sleeping through this? There is no way anyone in their right mind could do this. He ended up having sleep apnea. And so he uses a machine now at night and he definitely can tell on the nights that he does not use it. He knows he is not sleeping well. He is waking up 90 times an hour. Uh, yes, 90 times an hour. He stops breathing when he's sleeping. That's what sleep apnea is. Uh, and it is just like it it's horrendous the next day for him he is constantly tired uh so you know that is one thing that could be going on you could have a hormonal dysfunction going on that you don't know about maybe you're not eating correctly maybe you need to do some um journaling or meditation before bed to help calm your brain down. Maybe you need to get more movement in. Maybe you need to move your movement from if you are working out at the end of the day and it seems to be waking you up, maybe you need to move it to the beginning of the day. Um, but just so you know, like that is not normal to have to be constantly drinking caffeine and constantly wanting a nap. I'm even at the point now where I don't even get on a normal day I don't get that afternoon sleepiness thing going on anymore. I used to, even like two years ago, I used to eat lunch and I would get tired right away. And that doesn't happen to me anymore. And it's not because I'm like drinking a ton of caffeine or anything. It's because I'm doing all these things for self-care to help promote a healthy wake and sleep cycle. Um, so, you know, we've talked about this before, but the National Sleep Foundation says that we need seven to nine hours a night. Uh, you need to figure out what works for you. Um, I will be honest here, and I don't get that much. I'm usually between six and six and a half hours, uh, but I do function well with this. So you really just have to figure out what works for you and roll with it. There's other things that you can do as well to help with your sleep. Um, so making sure that you turn your screens off at least a half hour before bed or turning your blue light thing off on your computer, or your phone. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not going to lie to you here. I do watch shows at night with my husband. That is what he likes to do. So we compromise sometimes. We don't do it every night. Can't win them all, right? <laughs> So also you should stop drinking caffeine eight hours before your bedtime. So, you know, if you are a person who likes caffeine in the morning, 
for sure make sure that you are done drinking eight hours before bed. That is how long it takes to get out of your system. Um, don't eat right before bed. This could give you that surge of energy. We eat to get energy. So if you are eating right before bed, it's going to keep you awake. Um, dim the lights in your house an hour or so before bed. So it starts telling that circadian rhythm within your body that it is, oh, hey, it's nighttime. It's time to start winding down. Uh, limit sugar two hours before bed and also alcohol. I'm not saying don't drink alcohol, but you should limit it two to three hours before bed. Other things you could try, like I said, making sure that you are having a nutritious um, diet. And I don't eat good all the time, you guys. I have plenty of treats in my diet or silly foods, as we like to call them, um, so that we don't feel icky saying that treat word. But um, are you eating those energizing foods, healthy fats, carbs, veggies, fruits, <clears throat> and drinking plenty of water throughout the day? I drink about a gallon every day if not more. But a good way to figure this out is take your weight and divide it into, and that is how many ounces you should be drinking in a day. Is your mind racing? Again, you could try that journaling or meditating, meditating before bed. You could also try melatonin. Again, I'm not your doctor. So if you want to check with your doctor before doing that or read up on it more, you can. I will tell you, I know it affects people in different ways. I am not a person that it works for. I took it one time at the beginning of this school year because it was like the night before school started and I couldn't sleep. My brain was racing and we had given it to the kids when we were at Disney World and it worked wonders for them. We we're like, their nervous system is all hyped up from all the crazy fun we had during the day. So let's try melatonin. And it was great. Um, it works for my husband just fine. But for me, I literally felt like I was on illicit drugs and I've never taken drugs before, but I was, I was imagining that this is what it would feel like if I was on some kind of hallucinogen or something like that. My mind was going a million miles a minute. My limbs were like twitching all over the place. I could not sit still. I think I got like four hours of sleep that night. It was ridiculous. So I, I caution you with that. <laughs> All right. So morning routines. How do you start your mornings? Are you waking up in a panic with all the things that you need to get done um, that you didn't do yesterday? Are you waking up to the news? Are you waking up to emails or social media? Oh my Lanta, just thinking about that. It puts me in this state of anxiety, just thinking about it. Like I said, I am putting my earbuds in and I am listening to Bible in the Year podcast. I'm not saying you have to do that, but you got to find what works for you that is not putting you in that heightened state of anxiety the minute you wake up. Because when we put ourselves there, as soon as we wake up, you are more likely to stay there the rest of the day. Uh, so, you know, again, we talk about morning routines in episodes four through six, if you want to go back and check those out again. And I'm not going to go through my morning routine here, but the, I wake up at four 30 every day because of the things that I like to get done before my craziness starts. Right. Um, I started this habit again with the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. He has an entire series of books and a few that, uh, may sound interesting to you as well, uh, that I also want to read is the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families, for couples, and then there's another one for teachers. So I definitely, those three are all on my list. So the savers is what he talks about, and uh, we talk about this more in depth in episodes 8 through 15. But I am real quickly going to go through these and give you some easy tips that you can use during your teacher day. So S is for silence. And the meme I had on this slide is so cute, you guys. So I am a big fan of Star Wars and like Mandalorian and stuff. So it's a picture of Yoda being all Zen with his eyes closed. And he's like, meditation, because punching people in the face is not allowed. <laughs> I just love it. So, you know, you can do meditation literally 
everywhere, anywhere that it's, you know, kind of silent. You can even do it when it's not totally silent. If you can kind of like drown some stuff out. Right. I did this the other last week. Uh, this is the end of the quarter and it's real crazy with all projects and everything at the end of the quarter. Everyone's trying to rush around, get everything done. So I have prep second hour and uh, my seventh graders were running around doing seventh grade things and working on the project. And I felt real overwhelmed because I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. So I could have started my prep out like that. Like, oh my gosh, here I go again. I've got so much I have to get done. Um, my back was also really hurting me. So I knew and I didn't have time that morning to get my stretches in. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a really good reset for me at the beginning of my prep. I'm going to take 10 minutes and do my, my back exercises that I know I need to do. And while I'm doing that, I am going to listen to a 10 minute meditation. So some really good meditation apps to try are Headspace, Calm, Insight Timer, Unplug. Um, Beachbody has some if you have the Beachbody app. Uh, but, you know, this is a really, really good time to do any kind of silence. I actually, I really highly suggest it to anyone starting your prep out. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes, but just take two minutes before you jump into those emails, before you start doing all the paperwork stuff that you need to do and grading and all that. When we are just like from one thing to the other all day long, and if you're in like a seven period day like me, or you're an elementary teacher and you've got kids all day long and you're just jumping from one subject to the next, it's enough to make our brains crazy. So if we just take that first couple of minutes during our prep and just take some deep breaths, it doesn't even have to be a meditation app thing. It can just be a couple minutes of silence of, or, you know, even reflecting on how the rest of your day went or whatever. Um, maybe it's gratitude, focusing on gratitude in your silence for a couple of minutes because you're feeling really blah and you're like, nothing is going good right now. Right. Maybe you need some gratitude. So I really su suggest that, um, another great way to fit it in is in the morning, uh, or at night before going to bed. You know, you could also do this in between classes. If you have a four or five minute bell time, um, you know, I have to be in the hallway for every single hour, but I could very easily before kids start coming in my room, if I needed to, I could go walk in another room for a minute, take a few deep breaths and then go do hallway duty. All right. Affirmations. A is for affirmation. This I don't do all the time. Uh, when I really pull this out is when I'm kind of stuck in that shame storm when something went bad and I keep replaying it in my head. Like, oh, that was really stupid. Why did that have to happen? I could have handled that so much better. This situation could have gone so much differently. This is when I know when I start doing this, replaying things over and over and over and over and over again, that I need to stop and take a break. And I need to start telling myself good things because what we are so often telling ourselves, that dialogue in our head is that is dialogue of negativity. So an affirmation is something positive that we can say to ourselves to interrupt that negative dialogue. This needs to be relevant to you. So if you are in a bad teacher moment, and I don't mean like you're a bad teacher, I mean like you feel like you had a bad teacher moment, maybe you need to say to yourself, I am, a, I am an amazing teacher, or I am a calm and patient teacher, right? I know this happens to me as a mom too. There are things that I do that I'm like, well, that was really stupid. Why did you do that? You know better than that. And then I need to stop and interrupt and tell myself, I am a calm and patient mommy. I am a calm and patient mommy because guess what? We are all human. Crap happens. Stuff goes wrong. And we don't need to beat ourselves up about it. It doesn't help a single person. So just kind of interrupting that shame storm with an affirmation can really help. 
All right. V is for vision. So I guess what I really think about here for teachers is you could of course, make your yearly vision, like how do I want to be as a teacher this year? Uh, what are what are my goals that I like to set out to have? I think even more so relevant though is like having a daily vision for like how your day is going to go. And I like to bookend my day with this. I like to make my to-do list, like this needs to happen tomorrow for sure. Uh, here's the thing. And then, you know, here's some other things that I could squeeze in if I have time. Um, so basically, you're just kind of like making daily goals for yourself. Uh, if this is not a nighttime thing for you, maybe you want to do it in the morning. Um, and, you know, we just did an episode about this on a SMART goal. So you could do a difference. I, I, I don't think that a SMART goal for each day is necessarily... Uh, has to happen, but, you know, maybe a quarter and a semester one and a year long one for something that you want to improve on. That would be super helpful. Um, but daily, I really think it would just be super helpful for you to um, just sit there and envision you could even envision how you want like a specific situation to go. If you know that it's going to be a really hard situation that you're having to deal with today, you could even sit down in silence, eh? silence and vision uh, um, and envision how that's going to go. All right. E is for exercise. And I love this meme that I have on here. It is a picture of a dog on his back and it's just a goofy picture of his face. And this is exercise. I thought you said extra fries. <laughs> you guys have probably seen that one before, but, um, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but why is exercise so, 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 so important? Um, it boosts your energy. Okay. So if you are feeling low energy during the day, this could be a part of it. It of course enhances your health and helps combat any health conditions and diseases. Um, it boosts your mood and emotional well-being. It helps you think more clearly, concentrate longer, focus better. And of course it controls your weight and helps promote better sleep which then improves like self-confidence and all that stuff. So when could you squeeze this in during the day? Well, like I said, I like to do mine in the morning, but if that does not fit you and you want to get like a 20 or 30 minute or in, it really maybe won't fit in during your school day, but you know, you could maybe stack it on top of a habit that you do right after school to build that habit up. Uh, another way you could do, get it in during the day is during your prep. If you are feeling super anxious about something, maybe you need to get up out of your room and just go for like a quick five or 10 minute walk, a, like a brisk walk down the hallways. Or if it's a nice day, go get outside, go get some vitamin D in, go get some fresh air and some natural light, right? Like there are so many ways that you could get some very easy, simple exercise in during the day. You just gotta, like, maybe you need to set an alarm to get your butt up to go do it, right? <laughs> um, reading. So, <clears throat> of course, we do a lot of, you know, researching and, you know, finding things for lessons and stuff like that. So this is for sure one way that you could fit reading in during the day. However, I don't really think that <laughs> reading about my profession is like what I think of when I think of the benefits of it. Like it can really help lower blood pressure, your heart rate, reduce stress and sensory overload with all of the noises and lights and screens that we have on going on constantly throughout the day. What I think of is books that you want to read, right? Like it could be personal development books. It could be fiction or nonfiction or magazines. I even consider listening to audiobooks or podcasts as a as reading uh i love getting that kind of reading in during my drive to or home from work um i 
tend not to let the kids watch a show in the morning on the way to school, but on the way home, they're usually in like their, I need to decompress and not talk to anybody mode. So that's when they watch their show. And then I find that that's a really good time for me to listen to a podcast or a book as well. You could get it in also like after school, doing laundry dishes, all those mindless activities, right? Um, reading for real, like on pages of paper. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that that is something that you could really get in during the day. So I would say probably in the morning or at night. And, you know, if you are looking to get put to sleep, reading for me for sure does it. <laughs> Um, scribing. So journaling, uh, this is so, so helpful in so many ways. Uh, I know even writing your to-do list out during your prep, that is considered journaling. You are getting your thoughts out on paper. A thing I love to do in the morning is my prayer journal. And, you know, you can also do journaling prompts. Um, I think the best way to describe why journaling is so helpful for us is it is free therapy, right? Like if we're talking about like free writing or journaling prompts, free therapy, it helps our emotional well-being, gains self-confidence, helps our communication skills, and it strengthens our memory. So journaling for sure is super important. Um, the way I would use it at school is again, during those like really hard moments, where I know the shame storm is hitting me and maybe I just need to get the thought that is going on in my head out on paper so that I don't have to think about it anymore. That is the best way to get things out of your head, put them somewhere else. You know, then I really wanted to talk about gratitude really quick before I close this out because Roberta and I really focus a lot on gratitude on this podcast. We've been starting and ending with gratitude and it has become such a huge part of my life since COVID started. It is so easy to get sucked into the, oh, woe is me. Everything sucks, right? It's so easy to do that because our brains are just hardwired for that. So we really need to interrupt that thought process. And a great way to do that is with gratitude. I do this whenever I start to feel down. Um, I try and think of things that I'm grateful for and I tr that will change my mood around. It doesn't always help, but it is a great habit to get into. Um, I would say most of the time it does. It, if it's something where I'm just like, I'm catching myself right away, I'm like, oh, that's just negative. Let's just flip that around it usually helps. I also try and start every morning with five specific written things that I am grateful for. And when I say specific, I mean specific, right? Like just saying, um, like, I love my house. I love my husband. I love my kids. That's not specific. Um, I love that my kids love to play together. I love that they are creative with each other and they, um, love to color with each other and do art projects together. Does it mean that they always get along? No, but <laughs> you know, like that is something that I really love. I love when I get to spend time with my husband at night before we go to bed, um, doing like our marriage, um, course and all that kind of stuff. Right. So super specific stuff. That is what really drums up the, um, the happiness inside of us. When we're not specific, it's not super duper helpful. So, um, you know, this can definitely be done throughout the day. Um, whenever you feel yourself like getting negative about a situation that happened with a student or feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not making any sort of difference. Like none of my kids even showed up to school today. Uh, they they were all misbehaving today. No one even listened to my lesson. Stop, take a moment. And you can even do this in the classroom. Maybe you even stop your whole class and you just say like, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm having a real hard time right now. You guys, I am in a really bad mood. I think we all just need to take a couple of minutes 
let's just all take some silent time and then let's all think of one thing, just one specific thing that we are grateful for. I'm not going to make you guys share it out loud if you don't want to. I can be super uncomfortable, but you know, you're modeling that for them as well. And if you're modeling it for your kids at home as well, this is all great stuff for everybody. Um, so, you know, that gratitude piece and, you know, we've talked about it on a previous couple of previous episodes. Um, there's my bell ringer episode where I incorporate it into my bell ringer and um, the choices episode. I think we talk about it as well. There's so much that you can do with this stuff during the day. When you feel yourself just kind of getting stuck in that crap storm of emotions, just think about, you know, remind yourself of that acronym, SAVERS, uh, silence, affirmation, vision, exercise, reading, and scribe. And pick something out that will work for you in that moment in the, at that point in time, it doesn't have to be what would work for everybody else, what is going to work for you. So I really hope this episode was helpful. Uh, I would really, really, really love to hear what you guys do during the day at school to get yourself out of these really tough moments or to keep yourself in those really good, happy moods, right? That's super important too. And of course, we can't be happy all the time. That's not... <laughs> That's not in the human nature, um, but, you know, just like really helping us through those really hard times is super important. So I am grateful for all of you listeners, and I hope you all have a fantastic day. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mama's podcast at gmail.com or the teacher mama's podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.